Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. resilient listeners. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the show. Before we dive into the super cool interview today, we wanted to welcome you to this special series of the Brilliantly Resilient Summer of Reading. We have had so many amazing guests on who are brilliant authors and who share their wisdom with you through their written words. And we wanted to find a way to promote them and give you some really awesome stuff to read. So we are doing the Summer of Reading giveaways. Woo! <laughs> if you head on over to brilliantlyresilient.net, you can get the sign up for the download. If you head over to Instagram, we're doing a whole big Insta promotion there. Every week we will be giving away one of the books. And this whole summer, we will be bringing these authors back to you to hear what their books are about and what they've been up to. You're going to love this list. I mean, we were blown away putting it together. We've got New York Times bestsellers, Wall Street Journal list toppers, the biggest awards in the different industries, those winners. Who knew? We know some brilliant people. And now you get to know them too and read their books. So like Mary Fran said, head on over to brilliantlyresilient.net, get the list and go to Instagram, follow at brilliantlyresilient. We'll see you all summer long. Hey everybody, welcome to another special episode of our Summer of Resilient Reading at Brilliantly Resilient Live. We are so excited to bring one of our most favorite authors and what we just realized is most returned guest to, we didn't return him. He's been returning to the show. Invited him over a bunch of times and he kindly accepted. I'm Kristen Smedley and this is my buddy, Mary Fran Bontempo. And we have our friend, Rob Angel, the creator of Pictionary and celebrating his relatively one year anniversary recently with the book Game Changer that came out. And what did we say? 36 years of Pictionary. You guys, unbelievable. So Rob, thanks for joining us again. Always my pleasure to be with you too, for sure. 36 years with this game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Crazy. So, but the book, one year with the book, I was watching all the social media and and the whole, it, it was like, it's suddenly is taking, you're taking everything by storm with one year of the book. How has the year been since this thing came out? <laughs> and life or the book itself? <laughs> Tell all, Rob. Tell everything. Tell all. Rob. We're on the edge of our seats. <laughs> oh gosh. A lot of- no, the, the, the year went like everybody else. I mean, it was, uh, it was not the best year, but we all muddled through and learned a few things, learned a lot about myself, but we got to just put it in the rearview mirror as best we can. Uh, the book, I've been living with that darn thing for about six years. So it felt really good to launch it and plugging it and talking about it, sharing my story and reliving the story. I mean, this has been part of the beauty of the, of the book is that I did it all those years ago. And so now I'm talking to old friends and I'm getting deeper stories and I'm getting the meaning and I'm, I'm remembering things that I literally forgot for 30 years. And it's been a blast. And I put most of them in the book. So it's really a fun process. 
Yeah, we um I think that that's one of the one of the joys of writing because you end up like sort of just dumping everything out there and you're like, "Whoa, as you get into that, you just keep writing and writing and writing and as you said, half of this stuff comes back to you that you either forgot or didn't realize had significance that's, at the time." That's a good point right there. There's yeah. some small story that barely registered and then I'd write it and then I'd realize how many things were connected Yes. To from it and because of it, if that one little itty bitty thing didn't happen for Pictionary or me, I may have turned left instead of right and it doesn't happen. I may have, you know, opened a different book and gone the different direction. I mean, so many insignificant little things in life created this, this thing. That's amazing. I, I feel like, and I've said this before to a lot of people, especially because Kristen and I have had you know, some tough challenges and, and things to, to deal with. And when you're in the middle of all that, you're going like, this is horrible. I can't believe it. And yet when you have that opportunity of time, the gift of some time to pull back and you kind of get to see the whole tapestry. And again, Kristen and I would never say any of the crap that happened was a blessing, but you kind of can go, oh, that's where that fits, you know? And, and for you to be able to, sh to go back and see all that must've been a gift for you. Oh, 100%. Um, I think that's in life in general, obviously not just the book. Um, Marcus Aurelius, you know, the great philosopher, he's, you know, uh, stoic philosopher, the facts don't change, right? No matter what happens to you, what happens to us in the moment is terrible, but it doesn't matter. The facts don't change. It's how we react to them. And we all know this. That's not rocket science, what I just said, right? But if we can, if I can, I'm working on not reacting so that I don't have to go, it's a terrible moment. I can't wait for it to be over. And it's a lot of work, but it's really something I'm embracing right now. And some of, and in the book, there's this one story about the printer screwed us over. I mean, he was supposed to do one job and he didn't do it. So instead of having the printer do a job, it took me and my partners six days to sort some cards. And we were like pissed and pissy and mad and this is the worst day of my life and i threw a tantrum is that enough have i have i set the stage enough and so and so i'm like pissed i'm just darn right pissed but exactly what you said earlier is looking back it was the best thing that could have happened my partners and i knew we could overcome any obstacle we knew we had each other's back we knew we could get it done and it gave us this bonding experience, this share, I got this shared uh, uh, thing to overcome and we did it together. And instead of ultimately being a terrible moment, it was maybe one of the best things early on that happened to us. It, it set the tone for the bid, for the business moving on, moving forward. It was great. And did you realize that? Like you didn't realize that at that moment though, or did you? Well, we, we did pretty quickly in the physically in the middle of it. No, but a week or two later, you know, we were just kind of a little stronger, a little walking a little taller and, you know, you could point to each other. So it was physical, mental, spiritual in that moment, a week or so later, we realized what a blessing that negative thing was. So it, it was, it's pretty hard in a positive way. I heard a word recently that describes all of this craptastic. <laughs> <laughs> Craptastic. Let's use that in a sentence, shall we? 
Driving those cars was a craptastic moment. Can we make that a Pictionary card? How would you draw craptastic? I need to know what how would this work. While it is a family game, <laughs> I think we put that one in pretty quickly. Uh, how would you draw that? I don't know. Well, hey, the poop emoji made a really big. Oh my God, I can't really even. In this world, so you never know what is is going to catch on. No, that's so funny. You know, it's interesting as you know. I, of course, in my life since the last time we talked, I have had no problems. Nothing. <laughs> Everything's gone according to plan. I read it's the paper. Like, are That's you not kidding true. me? I will say though, with everything that constantly, you know, you're you're like up and down and up and down. I do go about things now, like you said, with realizing that okay, I've been in this place before where things did not work out, and it became something, you know, even better. So how about if we look at this as let's look for the let's keep waiting for the good that's going to come out of this moment <laughs> we just wish it would all go according to plan and then we could just be happy however and we were just talking to somebody earlier about it everything in your toolbox keep building that toolbox but here's the thing i think that people forget to do and i know that i do forget to do it go into the toolbox and get those things and those situations recall them and utilize them when things don't go right it's like when people say i read 37 books last month well big deal how much of it did you retain? How much did you practice? How much did you truly learn and incorporate it? So exactly, Kristen, is exactly what you're saying is learning those things, regurgitating them and taking the time to memorize them. So when I just talked about the facts don't change. Well, I still am not 100% good at that, but every time I get in that situation, exactly what you said, arrows in my quiver, I call it. I pull out an arrow. Okay, this is a situation for this. And I'll do my best. Don't always succeed. But yeah, you have to do the work. You have to do the practice or it just repeats itself over and over. And so I 100% agree. So the more you learn, the more you learn, not the more you read, the more you learn, the better. You know, you said something to us on our previous conversation that has stuck with me. And I think, I think it kind of dovetails nicely with what we're talking about. You said... Oh. There, no, it's so, it's so good. We have so many brilliance bits from you. I can't even tell you. We have a whole list of, of, of Rob Angel quotes because there's just such good stuff. But you said there's no one right way to do things. There are a couple of wrong ways, but there's no one right way. And the, what I thought of every time I think about that, it, it it's very empowering because if you are not a person, you also said that you looked at this whole big thing of this game and everything and had to break it down in smaller pieces because of, you said your brain just couldn't handle the whole big thing. Those two bits of wisdom are so empowering for people who don't ever think they can create or do or whatever, because they think you have to have this, you know, genius mindset or, or whatever. And, and you basically said, look, there's no playbook necessarily. And, and I think to the point of what you just made, when you take and you learn these things, you also have to figure out how to apply them to how you work. 100%. It's using, let's say, Mark Cuban, for instance. Everybody knows Mark Cuban. Oh, I'm going to think like a billionaire. I'm saying that a little tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, they teach you that you got to think like a billionaire. We don't all think like a billionaire. It's that simple, right? So if I'm comparing myself to Mr. Billionaire, I'm probably going to 
not get there. And that's okay. But then you can look at Sarah Blakely from Spanx. She got there a different way as well. Rob Angel and Pictioner. Everybody has their own journey. Everybody has their own story. And you take those bits and pieces back to the arrows in the quiver that work for you instead of comparing yourself to others, to them, to your neighbor, to your partner, to your, to everybody around you, just do what works for you, embrace it and just keep moving forward from there. Uh, don't, there, there's no one way to success. We're all successful by most metrics, but different paths to get there. And it's by, you know, uh, Mary Pam, what you said, one foot in front of the other. I mean, that's key. If you talk to anybody, any of them, that we didn't have this master plan. Mm -hmm. I'm going to create a game and I'm going to take on the world and make a million bucks. I said, uh, I don't know how to get started, right? I don't know what to do. I better, I got to get started somehow. So I made a word list. It wasn't really complicated. It really didn't take me much time. It didn't cost me any money, just a little bit of time. But that's what it took to get started. And I think what I think people say way too often, people have the fear of failure. I don't think people have the fear of failure. They have the fear of being judged for their efforts. They have fear of not knowing how to get started, where to get started, where it's going to go up. Not failure. I don't think anybody really sits there going, well, if I'm a failure, then what? Mm. Right? A mystery yeah. of components that make up your success. That's the fear. So to get over that, that's where I took that one step. That's where I made that word list. And it took me three months. I finished the word list. And then I said, okay, <laughs> next? literally. And so I did another task and another. It took me about a year before I said, oh, I got a really cool game. I should probably start thinking long-term. So, so don't compare yourself to other people. Do whatever it takes for you, small steps you're comfortable with getting started. Interesting. I just want to regurgitate for people listening what you just said. You did not, you didn't have it in your head how you wanted this game to go. It just evolved. Totally. I did when I started the word list, I didn't even conceptualize what Pictionary would look like. I didn't even have an idea of what the game, I didn't know how to sell it, market it, produce it, none of that. If I had, a, if I, had a, I was 24 years old, 22 when I started, I started thinking about marketing plans, business plans. I got I to gotta produce this thing. I would have never started, right? Way too many moving parts for me. And that's what, well, that's why I broke it down. And that's why I got started. Wow. It's just, it's just, Interesting because I recently started a, um, a group for parents that are raising blind kids with mentors, people that are succeeding without sight. And then these parents come in and we all talk in the Zoom room. And when I had the idea, a friend of mine said, well, what is the end thing? Like, where is this going to grow and go? I, I said, I don't know. I just know that they all need to talk to each other. So we're just going to start here. And then now there's a new piece that somebody suggested this would be. Same thing. But I felt a little bizarre that I was like, I don't know. I don't know what the end, and I'm, I got to tell you, Rob, I'm not comfortable with not knowing the finish line. <laughs> I usually paint the finish line on the wall and go for it. And I'm just like, well, we'll see what the next step is. Yeah, but if you take, it's okay. Exactly. What's the next step? But that's not to say you focus on just one thing. You can take a lot of first steps. And the more you take, the energy will dictate in your brain, your head, your heart, 
which one to go, which path to go. So if you're doing several different steps in several different directions, great, that's okay. But over time, you'll know which one to go through, uh, go for and continue with. So don't worry. In fact, I take that back. Don't even remotely worry about the direction you're going or if it's the right idea or not. You probably won't know right away. Mm -hmm. But as time goes on, you, the biblical you, everybody, then you'll know. And that's when you go all in. That's when you go balls out. That's when you go, hey, I'm going to make this happen. We, we say all the time, don't be married to an outcome. Oh don't don't get that thing in your head like it has to be this way because a, a personally I don't know anyone who's you know even just their day to day you know whatever they're doing goes exactly according to the plan so I feel like you have if you have the idea and it feeds you like you said just take the the little steps and don't be afraid if they don't work out because you still learn something from that sure no I like <laughs> I, I hate the expression, fail quickly. That's <laughs> right. Who wakes up going, you know, I hope I failed today. You know, then I could fail quickly. And everybody could pat me on the hat, head and go, oh, you failed quickly. Congratulations. I just made that. But, but it's, it's, yeah, taking all those little steps to get you wherever it is you're supposed to go. And as you said earlier, it's intention versus expectation. My intention was to create a great game. That was it. it. Wasn't to make a million bucks because then I started having expectations of making money. Then I have expectations of selling a lot of games. So it's like, uh, okay, my intention is to create a great game and see what happens. That's how it all played out. That was my mission. A great game. Something else will flow. Intention instead of expectation. I like that. Yeah. That because it allows you to keep the steam going without letting the you know, the missteps derail you because when you come up against that and the expectations aren't fulfilled, if you're hanging on too tightly to that, that can, that ends the whole thing. Like you said, at that point, you know, when you were, you were kind of being overwhelmed by all these little different things that you had to do, if you had attempted any of them and it, it hadn't gone well, you right. could very easily have gone, well, clearly I don't know what I'm doing and I'm going to quit. I, you know, <laughs> the prime example of that is, my intention was to create a great game. And then as things go on, your intention changes a little, but it was still to share Pictionary with the world. And so there were days that I didn't set the expectation of selling any games because I would stand at the bottom of the escalator at Nordstrom for 16 I love this story. Right? <laughs> and I'd stand there for 16 hours and I'd sell three games. Three games. If my expectation was that I sold, wanted to sell six games or nothing, and I only sold three, I'd be pissed, devastated, and mad. Well, my intention was to sell some games. I sold three. I was ecstatic. I couldn't wait to get back the next day. <laughs> I know it's weird. Even looking back on it, it was weird, but I really was not discouraged. But it was my intention, not my expectation, that saved the day. You know, you mentioned Sarah Blakely earlier, and I, I love her. I love her story. I love everything about her. And she, I'm envisioning she did the same thing. And and I and now I'm thinking she maybe she doesn't even know to name it. She went through her process with intention as opposed to expectation. Of course, she did some funny stuff too with how she got them to, to sell out at the stores and all, which is hilarious. But her. same thing. It's big on intention. Yeah, it's 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 a learned thing. 
but it just saves so many brain cells, right? The expect, whether it's business or life or anything else, the, your world is rife with problems when expectations are not fulfilled. I expect to make a million bucks. I expect this, I expect, I intend to live a good life. Mm. I intend to enjoy myself. All the moving parts to get me there are just fine. I'm gonna worry about the, the specifics later. I think this is why you're one of our most favorite guests and that we get so many um, comments from your shows because you're not sitting like a lot of the people that, that have been very successful will say, I knew that this was going to happen and here's how I got to it. You're just like the opposite. And it's more, it's more real. Not that there's their journey isn't real, but I think a lot more people just this, this resounds with, with us more um, that you can take one step at a time and not have to have the big business plan and goal and all that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. Thank you. <laughs> it works for me. I, people don't like the unknown. I love the unknown. If I wake up and I know exactly what's going to happen today, oh. <laughs> but if there's a little ambiguity, a little open spirit, just, oh, you know, I'm going to go left instead of right, see what happens. To me, that's the joy of life. I've been doing it my whole life, you know, 50, hold on, 60 years, but that's, that's the joy for me. And that's what Pictionary was all about. Hmm. 100%. I think um, it also simplifies your life when you can have that kind of, I'm going to live a good life because that can, you can put a million other parameters on that. And, and 90% of them, you might, it might go South. So when you keep that, that almost purity of intention that, that either I'm going to live a good life, I'm going to be of service, I'm whatever, but you're not going to dictate every single detail. It, it, first of all, like you said, it saves brain cells, but then it makes that, I always hate to use the word goal because when we were talking a few minutes ago and you were talking about, you know, business plans and goals and all that, like I hear stuff like that and, and literally start to break out in hives and have, cause I can't deal with that. But when I think I, I just want to take this, what I learned through my experience out into the world and be of some kind of service and I'll let the details work themselves out, how that happens then I can, I can proceed with a measure of clarity and, and still energy, which is completely decimated when I start thinking about, you know, business plans and goals and all that. Oh, forget it. I can't do that. But I can bring my purity of intention out there. Right. And, and if, if you want to put it in another term that people, business people understand, it's a mission. There's a difference. Yes, there you go. Goal, right. So my mission was to bring Pictionary to the world. My mission was share the, the fun and the joy that I had. And that was my overriding mission. And that dictated all my, my answers, all my decisions throughout the entire life story of Pictionary was my mission was to stay true to the game. Now, my goals changed. A goal, you have a short-term goal for sure. I wanna make a million bucks next week, right? You may be disappointed, that's okay. That's not a mission. A mission is what's in here, and that's what you live with, with personal or business or whatever. And that will dictate, if you let that dictate your life and your story, you'll just be not just happier. I think you'll be more successful because that's really all we want. That's okay. Success is okay. So just make sure you get there the way you are supposed to get there on your terms and stand true to your own mission. 
We, we talk about we talk about being of service, but it essentially those terms, at least for us, are interchangeable because it's it's the mission to give people the tools to live brilliantly resilient despite, you know, the train wrecks and sucker punches in their life and all that kind of stuff that they went through. But I think you're so right. It's when you have that that thing that's within your core that you go, all right, no matter what else happens, I'm going to stay true to this. And you also mentioned the last time when we spoke too, that you had an experience with one of the big game makers that was going to kind of make you go in a different direction from your mission. And you turned down a pretty big offer. Dude. Because it wasn't, it wasn't where you wanted to go. My voice just go up and up. Huge. Even the dogs are barking and they're like, wow. <laughs> That's just broke on the window. What's your yes? Staying true to my mission, not my goal of making money or selling a lot of games. My mission was to share this with the world, and all the decisions I made kind of culminated about 14 months later with a contract to license the game so it could scale nationwide. Meaning, this company, Milton Bradley, was going to do the manufacturing, distribution, marketing, and sales at their expense and pay us a royalty. So we don't have any expenses and we get the contract from them. Now, they're the biggest selling game in the board game company in the world. I'm making $500 a month. I'm driving a 10 year old car. My apartment was you, terrible, like from the 70s. I, terrible, I gotta come up with a better word. And so I'm looking at this contract and they promised us early on in the negotiations they wouldn't harm Pictionary without our approval because our mission was to share this game as is with the world. We knew what it was all about. Contract comes, first page, biggest royalty rate ever. I'm a millionaire. I am I am like on the Bahamas. I am buying things. It's like going to Costco. I'm buying things I didn't even know I wanted in my <laughs> Ooh, I'll take some of that. And so I'm oh, just- Cheetos and four tires, just cause they're there. I need a tire that doesn't fit my car. <laughs> This is awesome. And then I'm reading, reading, and they're giving us marketing spend, blah, blah, blah. But then I'm done with the contract and they didn't put in the contract. They wouldn't touch the packaging, the rules, the graphics without our approval. Mm. It goes down to one word, trust. We couldn't trust them. Wow. But again, my mission overrode my wanting to be a millionaire. I was gonna go back to waiting tables. If this thing cratered, there's other games out. We could have failed miserably, but I was willing to fail. I was willing to go back to doing what I had to do rather than sign this contract. And it was, it was easy to do, but it was hard, man. I'm 26 years old. And I, I'm looking at that. I said, no, I said, no. Because your partners say, they said no as well. We had the same mission, right? It was our same shared mission, which caused not very many fights and arguments. They said, we can't trust them either. So fortunately our partners, my partners felt the same way. Good. So it was like that night we're looking at the game. Oh, we just protected you. We'll take <laughs> you, you good thing. You know, next morning, 7 a.m. I'm shipping off the game to Wisconsin. You mother. <laughs> it's like, come on. So there was a couple of days of, I was irritated. But it was okay, right? We got back to it. And then 
few months later, signed a different licensing agreement, more money, more control. So the universe provided by sticking true to our mission. Wow. Wait, how many months was it between the, the saying no and the new contract? Less than two months. Wow. Yeah, it was, it, the Pictionary story was crazy that we launched June 1st of 85. Less than a year later, we'd already licensed. And then two years later, we're the biggest selling board game in the US. Unbelievable. Out of my apartment. <sighs> Which yeah, was terrible at the time. It was, <laughs> God. Shag carpet from the 70s, electric burners. I mean, wood paneling. It was <laughs> Loaded with stuff from Costco. <laughs> oh, I know, right? <laughs> Oh, awesome. Well, we want to encourage everybody to pick up a copy of Game Changer because, first of all, you are you're just the most fun person that we've ever interviewed. We always love having you. And the story is incredible. And everybody needs to guess what the picture is on the front of the book. It's the very first word that you came up with, which I, I love. And I would not have been able to draw that as as a as a clue for anybody i, I i'm not the best pictionary player but i do my best because it's so much fun <laughs> we'll have to have everybody put on our as we'll put this clip to link to the episode on our instagram and we'll have to see in the comments what people think the picture is that actually could be one of the right. one of the ways they could get to win the book you have to be able to identify what the picture is so we'll get them we'll get them involved that way Bonus points if you spell it right. <laughs> well, it's the first word in the dictionary, pretty much. So, it makes it, I just gave you a little hint. Oh, geez, sorry. Now we're gonna we're gonna edit that clip out so we don't have any <laughs> out there. <laughs> Everybody just Google's it now. Let me see. How do I spell it? First word in the dictionary that you could draw a picture well, see, of. I'm not very good at charades. I'm not good at pictures. <laughs> I'm not good at keeping secrets. <laughs> But you're good at Pictionary and you're the only person in the world who can claim that, that you are so good at Pictionary, you were there at the very beginning because you were. <laughs> that's true. I never that's looked at it that Right. If nothing else, that's what you got that going for you, right? Nice. <laughs> Rob, thank you so much for joining us. We are always, always, always happy to. I think next week I'm going to be on Cameo. Oh, right. Cameo. We wanted to talk about Cameo. Tell us what this is. It's the coolest thing. I love it. And you would be great. You go on the website and you get celebrities, athletes, writers, game inventors to give you personal messages, whether it's encouragement or to a family for a birthday. Uh, I gave my girlfriend one from Ron White last week. I mean, you know Ron White. He's not exactly. He's a little vulgar, but... <laughs> You love him. But he's hilarious. I could give. I could give uh, he's hilarious, though. He's hilarious. Oh, he's, he's really brilliant. funny. And they just he's send you, they do a message to somebody, you send it? You just click on, give them what you want to say, the, the highlights, and then he goes off for two, three minutes, and I can do the same for anybody. You've got an entrepreneur that needs encouragement, or you just want a Pictionary story or something, and they just send it to you within two or three days. And it's How good. great of a gift would it be for people to get the newest, latest version of Pictionary and a cameo from you wishing them happy birthday? How cool would that be? That would just be so cool. That would be so amazing. So this is how old I am. My son gave me a cameo for my birthday and it was Peter Noon from Herman's Hermits. Oh, 
that's how old I am because I loved Thurman's Hermits. I was a little bit young for them, but but you know, at any rate, but it's the coolest, coolest thing. So we want to encourage everybody to check out Cameo. Give Pictionary as a gift because it's the coolest game ever. Go get Game Changer, enter our contest, and hire Rob to do a Cameo because he's just the best guy and so much fun. Thanks. And then follow me on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, The Rob Angel. The yeah. Rob Angel. Well, there you go. So while you're out there following The Rob Angel, follow Brilliantly Resilient on Instagram. Join all, watch all the fun stuff as this episode is out during the week where you can be entered to win uh, a copy of Rob's book and then follow us all summer long. You can get the reading list for your summer of resilient reading, which Rob's book is on at brilliantlyresilient.net. There's a free download with tons of great books to keep you adding and accessing the tools in your toolbox to live brilliantly resilient. Rob, thanks for joining us. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Frank Kristen, always a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.